Hello, Logic friends. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by Cinesis.io. These guys have been my reseller for over 15 years, and we could not do what we do without them. They're fantastic partners, no matter what size your business. To find out more about their remote workflow solutions, check them out at Cinesis.io. The forum is open. If you haven't already signed up for forum.logic.tv, head on over there right now. We have almost 800 users, 65,000 page views a month. It really is becoming the place to go for all things flame and visual effects. That's forum.logic.tv. Logic.tv is now on Patreon. If you like what we're doing with the forum, Logic Live and Logic.tv, then please consider heading on over to patreon.com slash logic.tv and signing up as a patron. We have three tiers of sponsorship with some great swag, discounts, and other benefits for our patrons. So again, that's patreon.com slash logic.tv. One of the best things about hosting the Logic Podcast is I get to meet and talk with really fascinating people. And Jean-Marc Laurent is definitely one of those people. He's a flame artist, visual effects supervisor, and small business owner based out of Montreal, and has to be one of the busiest and most insightful people I've ever talked with. A great conversation about what it means to work from home, what it means to work for yourself, how the industry is evolving, and what the future looks like. Here's my wonderful conversation with Jean-Marc Laurent. Um, you've been busy. Yeah, I've been very busy since, I guess, uh, a month before Christmas of last year. Uh, it has been nonstop. I've had uh, maybe a month of pause around, or maybe three weeks of pause in May of 2021. And that's it. Everything else has been nonstop. Bang, 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 doing shows. Well, I don't just comp on flame. I also edit and I also do VFX production and supervis supervision. And, uh, you know, so I've been busy, busy, busy. And what's awesome is I have a second suite, uh, a second station where I can actually make that station work and uh, have a colorist come in. It's mostly for color because uh, what I do is that uh, when I offer a package to a client, let's say I've been doing uh, like I've been working specifically mostly with agency jobs. That's really where I've been concentrating my efforts and it's paying off like quite a bit because there's a lot of um, internal agency production like a metric ton of that stuff being happening and it's not passing through um like actual production houses it's going directly to agency and they have a lot of needs that need to be addressed like like just basic bread and butter stuff but they're also getting more and more creative more motion design more you know like they hire the production teams and they do everything internally so that's really where i've been i've been specific like specifically targeting my my uh my market and it's paying off like gangbusters because uh, I'm actually doing like color with them. And I have a setup where I can actually get to like live color output uh, to the client wherever he is. Like right now I'm doing like a two month campaign for like a big major Canadian uh, client and they're, do they're handling everything. They I've been doing like for the last 45 days, I think I delivered 45 spots. <laughs> wow, man. That's great. You know, it's, it's, it's great to hear like an in-house success story and, you know, mm -hmm. in-house, I'm doing air quotes here mm -hmm. um, for quite a few years, especially in the New York market. I don't know how it's been up with you. Um, the, you know, the threat of the agency building their own facility and taking things in-house has always like loomed over mm -hmm. us in New mm -hmm. York. And uh, maybe five years ago or something like that, it really picked up steam. You know, the, the New yeah. York market was very, very diverse in terms of like the size of the companies of post-production companies, mm -hmm. big, small, whatever. It kind of settled into you were either, you know, the mill or frame store, you know, one of the big boys. Yeah. Or you were one or two man or artist shop because the agencies started to uh, build their in-house facilities and they captured a lot of the bread and butter work the versioning and the tagging and the yeah exactly the international stuff and the, the stuff that goes direct to web i mean take a look at our market our, our industry who watches tv anymore on a big old set you know mm -hmm. everybody's watching netflix everybody's watching youtube it's 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 it, the the actual industry has changed so much consumer habits have changed so much that you, you, you can't thrive with the old market anymore. And there's a lot of money in regional markets and smaller mm -hmm. uh, agencies and smaller advertising markets. Like, for instance, in Canada, um, most big campaigns in Canada, Canada is about the same market as California, okay? 
the only difference is that it's split into two language areas. So you have English Canada, which is Toronto in the West and Maritimes, and you have Quebec, which is French Canada, with a bit of spillover in Ontario and in, in the Maritimes. So you're dealing with basically two markets that are completely independent, but that have the same consumer habits. So you, often what happens is that Montreal used to be the big major production hub for everything that was French Canada. Mm-hmm. But in the past 20 years, we've been slowly losing that market to Toronto. So imagine that Toronto is the hub for English Canada and it's becoming a hub for French Canada. So all of the major agencies have offices in Toronto because they do double shoots. They hire the, 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 um, the, uh, the actors, they hire the writers are all here in Montreal. The agency hubs are here in Montreal. Most of the major agencies are in Montreal. There's a few big ones in Toronto, like Rethink and, uh, and a lot of other ones, but Every, every major town has its agency office. So when you're looking for a national campaign, like let's say a big car production, uh, a car maker, manufacturer, or a, you know, a beer company or a food company, they, they do the concept and then they do double shoots in Toronto. So they get the, the, the actors to come in and they do the French shoot and they do the English shoot in the same town on the same day. So what happens is that Vancouver has lost its advertising market completely. It's, wow. it's become a film town and a TV, mostly a TV series town. And mm-hmm. Montreal, it's the same thing. We still hang on because we're, we're a different language and there's a lot of independent producers and, you know, smaller contracts that need that regional virgining stuff. So there is a market, but it's, it, you know, it's regional. It's like about yeah. 10 million for, for, for that market if you include uh, the Eastern Ontario and, and, and the Maritimes market. So it, it, whether you like it or not, the advertising market has been going down, 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 down. So... Montreal has had to diversify, and it's become an incredible motion picture VFX hub, like massive. I mean, frame stores here. Uh, you have Rodeo FX, which is Rodeo, the major yeah. uh, Quebec-based company who's here. Uh, they have hundreds and hundreds of employees. The mill is here. Uh, 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 sorry, no, not the mill, but um, MPC has an office here. So that whole market has been developing over the past 15 years and it's become a huge 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 part of the industry so there's a shift not only between artists that are leaving advertising and going to film but also leaving flame and going to nuke Mm -hmm. and that's that's like a you know you can't avoid it so i was faced with that problem once and i said okay well i want to sort of diversify my own knowledge base as well and i tried to see how i would survive in the film industry with flame and uh, it was tough. It was tough. You could see the writing on the wall. It's going to nuke. And uh, so there's no point. So what I decided to do is just leave the studio model altogether. I was unhappy. I was overworked. I was stressed. The margins were non-existent. So I felt like I, I really had a, a, like a, a bell ringing saying, look, you have to ask yourself, do you, can you keep on doing this? Like I'm, like I'm 45, 46. And, you know, I, I want to still be able to do what I love and flame is really the, the, the piece of software that I love to use because I sort of have a non-traditional career path. Mm-hmm. I started with animation. Like I, I, when I came out of high school, I did a, a, um, an internship at the national film board in animation. So that whole thing just started me off in an entirely different direction. So I know every, I, I've been exposed to classic animation and classic film and, and all of that old school stuff that, really counts today where a client would need something and says, well, can you figure out something, a style that's different or something like that? And then I go and bathe into the old bathwater and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just pick up all of those old tricks that I used to have. And sometimes it's really useful to have that, that very varied, you know, career path that says, oh, wait a minute, I remember in one job, la, la, la. And I, I also used to do on-air graphics for like sports broadcasting on a Chiron. So it's yep. like, this is the very beginning of my career. So it's like, now that I'm doing client broadcasting in a COVID situation where you just, like you broadcast the output of your machine to the client, I have a, you know, an online return box that what happens is I can see the return of my web feed to make sure it's actually up, like we used mm-hmm. to do in the mobile broadcasting unit. <laughs> yep, you always had a little TV over there so you could see yeah, what Yeah, yeah, you have like a, what they call a shit box, but you have the return of whatever the, <laughs> you have the return of whatever you're broadcasting just to make sure the delay and to make sure that the, you're actually up and the signal's up, you know? Oh, totally. So it's all I those little that, online tricks that are still useful today, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's it's uh it's in some regards it's completely underappreciated. I mean, the 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 those I, I did a little stint in broadcast graphics myself, you know, and, and sports as well. And I even studied animation when I was at university. And the you know the 
sometimes the magic of being a flame artist in the room or online with clients live right there is, you know, they don't know what they want. They've, exactly. they'll, know when they, they'll like it and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you, uh, you know, I'll know it when I see it, or even if they don't use those exact words. And so sometimes that's the only way you can differentiate yourself from, you know, the noise from the other, the million other artists that are available to them is you reached into that, into that, you know, that bag of tricks that you, you've accumulated over the years yep. and said, Ooh, I know it would work here. It's really, that's, that's the magic of being, a, I think of being a flame artist is, is looking your client in the eye, reading the room and figuring out what it is they actually want. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the, what are they really asking for? They'll come into you stressed and they'll come into you freaking out and they won't be able to make a coherent sentence. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you have to be able well, to see that's through one that. Of the things, exactly. Know. And that's one of the things I found difficult in the, fl- in the film process is that you never see your client. All mm-hmm. you have is like you do you do a version you're at like version fifty three and then all you see the next day <laughs> is you have like like seventy different comments and and nobody's saying well do I have to do all of them or are they all necessary or mm-hmm. maybe we can mix and match something else you just do them and you bum, 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 and you press complete 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 on the list of things that need to be done and you render out a version. And it comes back, oh, well, can we both go back to version 12, uh, maybe a bit of version 1? And, it, you know, that happens everywhere. <laughs> but the thing is, is you can't see your client in the face for five minutes. I've, I've actually wanted to wring my supervisor's neck and say, look, can I just sit with the client for two minutes? We, we'll have a conversation going and we, can, we have a problematic shot. Let's just play around together for, for like a half hour. And that it's was so something like- that I missed from the advertising world when I went, did a crossover into film. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this isn't for me. <laughs> It's I'm so unhappy. Like, like there's a, there's an, an expression in French that the grass is always greener. I don't yeah. know how to say that in French, so I, I just made it's that the same up. thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I did a I did a uh, I've, I've done a few episodic TV productions in the last couple of years, and like fell in love with them. You know, and I wonder. I've always wondered how much of that love is because it is something new and different and exciting and a new mm. series of challenges and. You're yeah. right. I never really met face to face with the client. One, I did once. I we went out to lunch, like in between shows, <laughs> and that yeah, was yeah. the only time. You know, I had an image in my mind of what he looked like, you know, but I didn't really know. But, but yeah, but you don't have that that real time kind of that. Uh, well, it's different. It's different. It, there's there's some advantages because you're more relaxed. You know, you don't have the stress of the entire room. You're not sweating beads because uh, uh, everything has to come out at six o'clock. You know, it's a different type of stress. And yeah, uh, I did enjoy uh, that, that you were told before you started today or whatever, you were told six weeks in advance that this is what I need and this is when I need it by and yeah. this is specifically what I want. And, uh, yeah, and of course, 70, 70 comments dif- later, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I found difficult was that sort of like that compartmentalization of work. And mm-hmm. I don't fit well in those environments. I'm the, I'm the type of artist who gets up and actually speaks to the guy in the 3D department and make jokes and on the floor and then ha ha ha, and create a dynamic situation. <laughs> but the thing is, is that and like I'm kind of a goofball, so that's fine. But uh, I the, knew I the, liked you. <laughs> I like the, you know it's just it creates like camaraderie, you know. But the thing is, is that in a, in a, some film environments, it's difficult to actually be able to get up and go talk to the CG department because there are so many other priorities. And the problem is, is that if you have a solution, it's in your head and you want to be able to communicate it. So it's like, I, I don't want to have to deal with six stages of, of, of administration and approval. It's like, I don't, I'm not working in the, in, the, in the government, you know. I'm not in the public service. We're doing art. We're doing, you know, like, like dynamic work together as a mm-hmm. team. So that's something that I found a little stifling in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the environment where I was found. So I thought, well, I'm going to go back to advertising. It's just more, it's, it feels better. Welcome. And home. then when I came back to advertising, I thought, what the hell happened when what I was gone? What have I gone? done? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's nuts, man. It's like we're working 48 hours a day. I mean, there are all these formats. It's like we have to do squares and rectangles and triangles and spheres. And it's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yep. So that was adaptive. I was away for five minutes. I turned my head. <laughs> and look at what you've done. Uh, yeah, it has become kind of like the... Uh, well, we look. We could, we could, um, we could uh, uh, totally commiserate about how like crazy the versioning and the things like that have have uh, like overtaken the the process of, uh, yeah. of producing advertising content. And I'm happy to. Um, I'll just pour a little bit, a touch more Bailey's into my coffee, <laughs> and you know, and we can we can we can sing. Uh, I've I found like I had maybe like ten years ago 
or maybe even 15 years ago, I had like an epiphany. I had a revelation and I stopped where I, I said to myself, I can, I can continue to get like hyper stressed out when like the client changes their mind or when they unlock a locked cut or when the ship date moves or when mm -hmm. we're not going to start today or when the 15 isn't a lift or when, or I can just assume that that chaos is part of the process exactly. and try to figure yep. out how I can like figure out a workflow that accommodates for some of that, you know, where I'm not going crazy. And some of that requires like a radical rethinking of your approach to work philosophically yep. and technically. So, Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're putting up a good point and then, well, you remember the matrix when everything would go into bullet time. Yep. That's what advertising is. It's, it's a mm -hmm. catastrophe in slow motion. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> you just, what happens is you're like, a, uh, what, what, what was this guy's name? The, uh, the, there's, a, there's a Marvel comic guy that can actually slow time and he's actually going around and, and everything is like in super slow motion. You're trying to manage little <laughs> things as he's going around. You're changing little oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name? Not Silver Surfer, but uh, uh, Quicksilver. That's what was his Quicksilver, name. Quicksilver, yeah. Yeah. So, you're Quicksilver. And that's what you're doing. You're managing a catastrophe in slow motion. <laughs> that's, that's my. Brilliant. I have a really good producer friend who uh, I work with. I've been working with for a lot of years, and that's what is. That's what he considers advertising to be. <laughs> I love so, it. And the thing is, is that I'm kind of a misfit, and I don't fit into any classic model because I've had such a varied career path. So what happens is that it's a strength, but it can also play you tricks because, again, in advertising, you're always trying to find new solutions to make things work, and if you're not working in a team that's open to break out the box. Like, look mm -hmm. at COVID. Look what it did to us. It broke everything. It broke capitalism for about six months. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you, I, I consider what COVID happened to us a bit like what happened in the plague in the Middle Ages, is that <laughs> you had like, it's like, a, it's like an economic reset. You had uh, all of these structures and all of these wealth transition structures that were already built into the system, to the societal system, into the economy. And mm -hmm. at one point, a third of the population just died in about a year or two years. That was the plague. Mm -hmm. So everything broke down. So there was a, there was a way that the, fe the feudal systems broke down, the, the economic systems broke down, and the peasants and the, the, the uh, tradesmen were, were, were able to thrive in that environment. Because mm -hmm. what happened is, is now they were in control because their work was so in demand that they had no choice. They, they were able to sort of leverage their position and go up and up and up and up. And that's what gave the renaissance. So if you take a look at what happened during COVID, that's exactly what's happening. Is all Absolutely. of us tradesmen or artisans or however you want to feel it, like it, it, it should be denominated. There's a debate <laughs> on the logic <laughs> forum about are we flame artists or are we flame ops? And I find that quite funny. But yeah, uh, I think it was you. You you gave yeah, yeah. the best comment in there was even Michelangelo had a client. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had a mandate. It's like I, I and I don't think he was particularly into all of this religious stuff, but he was being paid quite well. So I mean, he did a, you know. <laughs> yep. And he had Both little kept... codes in there to say, you know, I don't believe this is true. So you know, let's let's <laughs> let's troll the Pope. There you go. <laughs> But you know, COVID, I think we just that's found a title for this interview for this podcast. Let's troll the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's like uh, I, I take it philosophically as well. I mean, I mean, our clients have needs. They have really big needs. And I was in a studio uh, format, and I saw the amount of waste and the amount of nonsense that was just going around on the client end. And I think, you know, that's not going to change. It's it's like a you have to go into triage. It's like a trauma ward. And they're all burning out. They're all trying to manage craziness. And it's like, how can us as flamists or as, as a post-production uh, environment, how can we help them? Because they're all going nuts, man. Like, we're going nuts, so they're going nuts. So, you right. know, it's like they have, like, uh, uh, agency people. They have uh, clients. They have budgets. They have time constraints. They have all of the same things we do. But they have to manage the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The front end. They have to manage the front end. And I had a, a, a marvelous stint uh, in an actual production house that has um, a, uh, I, I was at Cineland for about uh, two months last year. And I was actually a post producer there. I needed a break. I needed to, you know, let the pencil down and just take a break and see how, how this industry is, like in what direction is it heading? Mm -hmm. And I was really lucky enough to work on their um, management team, their production management team in the post house. And again, it's an internal post house that's tied to the production house. So 
I could see the, the other side of the fence. And it was amazing to see how much they have to manage. They have yeah. to manage. They have to book for pitches. They have to book for color when they don't even know if they have the job. They have to find an independent colorist. They have to find this. They have to find that. And inside of their own independent structure. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine in an agency where you have to do exactly the same thing? It's, well, it's that's like, been like the saving grace. I, I said it, you know, a few minutes ago that you know, in New York, the agency started to really, really build out their in-house facilities. It was taking a lot of work from places like like where, I, where I'm employed, hmm. and the agencies, not universally, but by and large, realized that they couldn't do. Yeah, they couldn't manage their own chaos. You know, exactly. They, they well, that's exactly. Couldn't. This is exactly where my market is, and that's why my my little company is called Chaos Collective. I that's was hoping that that would be the transition. That's the entire, that's the whole thing. It's, you get it? it? You know, we have an expression in Quebec, it's tout est dans tout. You know, everything is in everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly it. And I took the Nietzschean point of view. I said, you can't create anything without a little bit of chaos. You know, I don't mm -hmm. remember what his exact quote was, was that uh, you have to take the chaos that's in front of you and transform it into something productive. And that's what Absolutely. my entire team is all about. So what I've done is that in the middle of the uh, the, the first COVID lockdown in, in, in April and May, man, was I ever down. It was like, shh, how am I going to pay the house? You know, we all went through that. And mm -hmm. is, is, is capitalism actually dying? You know, how are we going to work this out? And then I just went back to my, you know, my classical... Uh, artistic training and I remembered the renaissance and I remembered what we discussed earlier is that there's a way for tradesmen and artisans to, to actually make this work so what are the agencies needs they need rapid execution they have no budget so you obviously have to offer something that doesn't have the same type of budget uh, constraints that you used to have they need mm -hmm. speed and they need round-the-clock service so what it you know in the, in the thick of what I was doing uh, in advertising I was just not sleeping and in frustration, I let out a, a, a complaint, like a whine, to my colleagues on the floor. and said, I need a clone. I need a clone to work for me at night. I need sleep. So that's what I did. I found a, I, I found a colleague who's on the forum. is James Corden, and he's in, he's in, in New, New Zealand. Zealand. And yeah. he has exactly my same career path, and he has exactly my training. And New Zealand and Quebec are almost two similar markets. So I said, that's my clone. So what I do is that I, I start a job and I say, look, I can work around the clock, but you're, I'm going to do the relay at five o'clock and he's going to pick up the job. That's exactly what I did. God, that's phenomenal. So, I mean, it's like, oh. I'm, it's like, it's, it's like industrialite magic, but with two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know? one's light, and, which one of you is light and which one is magic? You know, and he, <laughs> he, I find a little bit of work for him and, and I get to get to win pitches and, and I have a remote station with RGS with flame on it. And, 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 you know, if I need an artist that needs to log on, I can have him work on the job. So I have two flames. Mm -hmm. I have a flame on a Mac, which is basically my workhorse right now. It's my flame on Mac is my workhorse because I can receive all of the client files. I can change formats. I can uh, load all the illustrative files. I can manage my frame IO. I can manage my outputs, my we transfers. All of that is done within the Mac. I see my emails as I'm working. So mm -hmm. that takes Bless out you, man, a Because you saved, you have resurrected, like, it's like you single-handedly resurrected the only thing that saved our lives back when we both got into this business. And that was, there was a night crew. Yeah, you know, exactly. There was a second shift that you could hand things off to and then go have a life. Exactly. Or, do, when or, I started, or even work on another job if you had to, you know. Exactly. Like, well, well, one of the things that I find also awesome with the new remote tools that have just exploded with the COVID uh, situation is that now I can get client approvals. I, I like I just last week I was doing a job on my on my Mac. OK. And I had a, co a colorist colleague on the Resolve right next door, like, like right next to me. Basically, it's not next door. It's mm -hmm. behind me. We share the same <laughs> approval space, so I have a nice, uh, a nice uh, approval space. It's in my home, and 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 Love it's it. like huge. It's 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 fantastic. Why the hell would I want to go work downtown? I have trees and birds and and the river across the street, and it's like, <laughs> I see my kids for Christ's sake. Yeah. It's like the first time in like years and years and years I could actually have a family meal. It's insane. They're they're in high school now, both of them. And it's like I, I don't want to go way. back to what work was before. It was broken before. You know that. You know, and, I want to. I do want to talk about like the the technical setup that you've you figured sure, out. But no uh, But you're you're a hundred percent right. You've like you've. I've, I've. I don't believe. Look, just like every other flame artist, either on the forum or like in either face to face or over you know Zoom or whatever, we've all said the same thing during the pandemic that like you know we realized how broken the system was, 
And it's not and just how, advertising. It's not just flame. Oh, it, it's finance. It's real estate. It's everything was busted. Oh, and, it was everything. When 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 productivity is your only metric of success, you know yeah. that I've done one percent more than I did last week. Then yeah, this is. I mean, you can see. It's you. you I'm speechless. <laughs> you, 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 no, but you codified it like and, and and clarified it so perfectly. It was broken, and you couldn't really. Oh, I was burnt out three months before COVID. Was I? I, re- yeah. I was really burnt out three months before COVID, and when COVID. Well, and everybody goes- always said like you know because I was I, I had my burnout phases too over the course of yeah. my 25 years in doing this, and you were always told, well, <laughs> you know, if you want to play in the big leagues, this is what you have to do. Like, oh, that's this is the way that it is. That's but. We, what the what's no, the, the? I'm getting emotional no. because I get frustrated. I mean, no, we're all we're all managers of our own destiny. Okay, you, and but, you, but you, you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, but you you were right. You're right in that like the 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 one the one thing that the that the uh, the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything uh, showed, just like back in the in the, uh, the Middle Ages, is that and no, it doesn't have to be that way because exactly. we found that I mean we've been just as productive, if not more working like this we've serviced our clients better i think than you know than yep. before and you know uh, you have to make a compelling argument that going back to the way we did everything before is really going to be an improvement and i i haven't heard one yet well i mean think of it think of it this way okay you have an army of producers in the agencies. Then you have an army of producers in the production houses. Then you have an army of producers in the post houses. And all this to transfer one comment to the artist. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it, it's there's so many rungs on the ladder. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, this is totally nuts when you consider how what the flame is supposed to be. The flame is supposed to be the clients in the room. He interacts with his the image that he has in front of him. He makes a comment, and the artist responds to that. It's real time. How the hell are we supposed to reinvent that process when everybody's atomized, everybody's in lockdown, and everybody? I mean, it was a really like, okay, you got to figure something out because this is the end of your career, and I have no idea what the hell I want to do. I am not going to nuke. I tried it. I'd rather learn accounting. It's nothing against nuke because it's a super powerful software. But I'm at the, I, look. I have 20 years of editing experience. I started in, in animation, moved over to 3D, uh, uh, and then moved over to Avid editing when it started. I have online editing experience. I now work the flame for the past uh, 10, 15 years. I'm not going to start my career over again. Mm-hmm. And besides, I don't. I don't like the uh, the 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 I'm going to retry that one. Sorry, compent. <laughs> compartmentalization of work there there mm-hmm. we go i love the fact that a flame artist has a whole bunch of tricks up his sleeve and can get up off his chair and and just do it do it yeah exactly break the box play around with the rubik's cube and and get it to work and that's i put that mentality to work during the covid because i don't know about the states i know the states haven't been as as lucky as uh, as canada has for um having a sub um uh, a safety net during the COVID, but when we were in lockdown, uh, we had like a two thousand dollar a month allowance oh, right. during, to, like, because we're stuck at home. I mean, we're not going to yeah. let the economy fall apart. So, I mean, it's a stimulus that was imposed to everybody. Everybody got the same right. check, and I think no, the we, had the, did, we, we had the American way of doing that, which was we. It took six months to figure out what small percentage of the population, based on a ridiculous amount of criteria, qualified for a substandard amount of stimulus. <laughs> yeah, and the rich guys got it too. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> so here it's 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 a it's a, it's a subsidy. It's politics talk here on Logic. Yeah, Podcast. yeah, no, but I mean, it, look, it, instead of having people die and fill up hospitals that are going to cost over than two thousand dollars a day. So what what they did was they said, well, let's give people two thousand dollar a month and force banks to to, to delay the uh, mortgage payments. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it was a governmental decree, and all the banks said, yeah, sure, we're all in the same boat together. We have houses, you know. So I mean, uh, okay, so we figured things out, and then I have I was in burnout three months before COVID started, so I had a three month leg up on everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I got all the crying and the and the frustration and the banging on doors and everything out of the way. And then I said, okay, let's take a good hard look at how things are going. We can't, we can't have clients in the room anymore. We're all in our little spaces, separate from each other. Uh, and I still want to do this, this job. I love this job. I don't care how tough it is. I don't want to do anything else. 
So I learned streaming. I learned all the different tools that we can get. I had an idea a long time ago that this was possible, is that you get a client directly to the company's website and you have a stream in the output of the flame directly to the company's website with a password. I know it can be done. It's easy. It's been done before. So I figured, well, I'm being paid by the government to sit at home and pick my nose. I'm going to try to see if I can uh, get something productive out of it. Mm -hmm. So I just went onto the forums and, and learned about streaming because I was yelling at my kid who, who came home from, well, he wasn't home from school, but he got off his Chromebook and after his, his, his online school classes would, would watch people broadcast their gaming on YouTube. Oh, like Twitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And said, that's not content. Okay, you're paying somebody to, to play with somebody else's content. Go look at something productive. <laughs> and he did. He managed to, to understand that, okay, well, yeah, okay, I'm going to look at something that's inter creatively interesting at least, you know, and, and it's like I can play video games and broadcast my feed. And I thought, well, hold on a sec. They're in freaking 4K, 60 frame per second. How is this done? Da -da 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 -da. And I figured it out. Okay, okay, well, there's Open Broadcast Studio and that's and a whole bunch of other things. And, and I said, why can't I do a podcast or, or an actual stream to YouTube? And I, well, hold on. Now there's all of these crazy websites that you can build yourself, like Squarespace, <clears throat> or you can embed a video feed. I said, well, well there we go. That's, a, that's an option. Let's hack away at this. Blah, 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 blah. A couple days of that. You know what? This is actually working. So what I do is I built my own website. I have my demo. I have my, my, all of my, my um, different... Um, chapters that you can go see and I also have a, a live web feed directly from my flame or my resolve and I switch it between the, uh, the in different inputs on, on OBS that's it mm -hmm. I was I was I was really considering this as a serious option and there are different web encoding uh, uh, IP video solutions and I said no don't need it clients don't want it they, they can't even regroup into one room anymore they're all over the place they, I mean, if you take a look at Cassette, who's a major uh, Canadian agency, I think it's the biggest one or one of the biggest ones. They 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 just moved. They they said we don't need half of the workspace. We're sending half of our staff home. They're working at the at the chalet. They're working at home. They're working in the country. They're working in Costa Rica. They're all over the place. Yep. So I said, and the work is being done. The clients are approving. And we have these awesome tools like Frame.io. What I do is I just upload different versions to Frame.io. And with, with Cassette especially, I have a very good relationship with them. I was basically, for this, this last campaign, I was embedded into the team for the last two months. Color, comp, online, whatever. They just opened up a Frame.io account and I was just uploading shit to them. And blah, 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 blah. They were proving. I was seeing the comments. I was like embedded into the team for two months. What's awesome is I have a w good workflow. And I've hired a team. Uh, uh, all they do is they do they do I/O. That's all they do. They do I/O for all the production houses because all the Avid editors are freelance. They're all at home. So you have like a, a metric ton of video and archive and stuff that you need to get processed into the Avid session or into the Premiere session. So what they do is they offer a service where they actually I've asked them to to to, to prepare the color sessions for me but mm -hmm. using RGS. So they would log into my machine, and as soon as the offline was ready, they have all the media, they just transfer it directly to my machine and set up the station so that the next morning my colorist is ready to go. Oh, that's genius. And I hire them. I don't do it myself. I don't need to hire anybody. I hire them. They already have 80% of the advertising market in Montreal. And they also do like transfers and, and, and uh, they do on-set rushes for clients that are all over the place. And, you know, it's like... They use Frame.io consistently. It's like, well, well, there's a solution, you know. So they, they log into my computer. I give him a password. He starts up the session and gets it to work, and then nobody has to move anywhere. My colorist comes in, and his job's ready to go. And as soon as it's done, I also have a Flame a license on that same machine. So I just relink to the same media. I don't have to push any media around. It's already rendered in uncompressed video. Oh, that's awesome, man. I just relink to it. It's, it's like a read file. You know, yeah. and I don't take up extra disk space. So I have an, a, like a, a I want to keep my costs low for the client. So I don't want to invest in too much infrastructure because that kills you. Mm -hmm. You know, I have the I've basic minimum. I have a really, really powerful iMac Pro for my 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 main bread and butter. And I have a super powerful. Uh, uh, it's not an actual it's not an HP, but it's like a, a machine that was set up by um, uh, Hypertech here in Canada, who are the flame resellers. And uh -huh. they, they set up a, a sort of like an equivalent to a Z840. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I have a, a, a super powerful graphics card in there. I think it's at the the RTX six six thousand. So I mean, pfft, I'm happy. You're set. I'm super happy. I'm set. You know. And it was it wasn't that big of a, a huge investment. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow, man, that's great. Because the power for flame where you need it is in the graphics card. So if you, if you can manage to get a hack together that that, that has like a enough uh, space to get the actual thing going. And then my other workhorse tool is is RGS. That thing saved my career so many times. I'm in studio doing a VFX show and actually working. I sometimes bring my my, my iMac on set and do the job for them. Like I do live compositing and do tests. Mm-hmm. But I also sometimes have to finish jobs for another uh, project. And the machine isn't on set. It's in the studio. So I would log into it with RGS and do this stuff. And the client would be in the room seeing his session update. <laughs> so now instead of having that set up as what I do is the client's in Vancouver or he's in LA or he's wherever and he sees the the uh the feed. He sees mm-hmm. my uh my my 10 megabit second feed, which is sufficient. Clients yeah. are approving on their iPhones all over the place. And they're always complaining they get out of the color read suite and they say, "Why isn't the color exactly like I saw in the color suite? Why is my laptop look better?" Oh, you work with that person too? God. Yeah, he, yes. he has clones. That's he's the an voice. army of clones. That's the same voice. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you're condemned to to, to adapt, and and mm-hmm. in this situation, look, clients, they 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 have more interactivity, they want speed, they want to work wherever they they are. Uh, so I mean, there's a portion of the old studio model that has to die. Yep. It well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily universally have to die. I mean, we're all going to be vaccinated at one point, so things will go back to normal. But well, <laughs> maybe yeah, <in> yeah. <laughs> maybe, no, no, not up here. No, a few of us choose not to, for and, weird, uh, you know, transmissions reasons. <laughs> I was, um, I was in L.A. Uh, last month supervising a shoot, and I was sitting in a tent, you know, or under a tent in a parking lot of a pet store where they were filming. And uh, changes came in on a job that I was working on. Like they weren't shooting any of my shots. And I was able to, I mean, it wasn't ideal. I'm not going to say this was as great as even as being at, at home. But I connected to my phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot. Exactly. On my MacBook Pro. And I was using RGS to control my flame back in New York. Yeah. And I was the, able yeah, to make exactly. the changes and spit it out. And it was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but it works. It, it works. It gets everything's the damn job done, you know? Everything's done. I mean, it, it's it, it, the world is, is completely changed. To say it hasn't is, you know, is, is, is beyond ignorant, you know? Well, I mean, I think there's a way to keep the old model alive. I just don't believe in it anymore. And I never really fit it in it anyway. anyway. I was always a, some sort of a misfit or a hack or, or somebody who always was trying to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> for some crazy reason, I said, wait, can we make this turn better? And that's, you know, I'm happier now as an independent artist than I was ever trying to convince myself I was before. Because I do love working in teams, but the thing is, is that all of the pressure that's being put on studios doesn't make for good teamwork because there's no space for error anymore. There's no space for creativity. Yeah. It's all go, 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 go. Just get it out, get it out. And... Do what the client says. Do what the client says. Well, sometimes the client's wrong. <laughs> he doesn't know what he wants. Can we propose something to him? Perhaps a better way of working. And a lot of the times they listen. They say, because they have the same damn problems as well. They have insecurities that we, the same insecurities we do. And they're managing catastrophes on their end. So yeah. it's like, we all have to respect one another and maybe slow things down. That's where the bullet time approach comes in. I, I go back to the Matrix often, but it's, it's it's sort of half Buddhist type of thing, where it's like you just slow everything down. Just take things one at a time, you know, just hold on. Maybe it doesn't need to be delivered today. Has anybody asked? Yeah. <laughs> You're 100% right. And these people are, are nine times out of ten just looking for a, you know, a, the term has always been like a creative partner, but no, it's it's someone who understands them and understands what their needs are and, exactly. and provides them with solutions. And yeah, yeah I, I, oh, I don't know. Well, now, the thing now, is, you, is, you started you have the to, thing churning in my head where I no, no, but you know, I mean, we have to because well, we're having a philosophical conversation, so that's fantastic. I'm I'm enjoying this quite a bit. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is that you. you you're not there's flame being a flame artist isn't just about pushing buttons and doing stuff okay it's also about 
creating a relationship with your client. And um, that's what I found most satisfying is to be able to have a client comes into your your suite with a problem or in my case in my online in the cloud suite and we discuss a problem and say look we got a calendar problem we have a a budget problem we have a technical problem we could please help us out and i roll up my sleeves and say good great fantastic mm -hmm. that's what we're here for let's have some fun and see how we can figure it out and and you know that's part of the the process that I really, really enjoy. That what really that's what really nourishes me. And as a freelancer, I think I have I found a niche or at least a comfort zone that makes it possible. Because everybody calls me and say, Can you help me out? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, of course. That's what we're there for, you know? Yeah, we're there to help people. And that's what I find most satisfying is that either if I'm doing an just a, a silly, you know, versioning session all day doing English, French and Spanish, it doesn't matter to me as long as my client's happy. And if we can find a workflow that makes him more satisfied and he comes back for more, like the, the, the live on the cloud thing where he's on a, like I, I have one, one particular director I like to work with. Um, he was at an audio session and he couldn't, he couldn't, there was a problem with the edit. Okay. He had to, uh, he had to call me and say, look, we, we, I need to find a recipe for a shot. And uh, I, I couldn't mobilize anybody on the team. It was just me and him, and he was in an audio suite. So I could, okay, hold on, go to my website, turn on my stream, and did the correction in front of him right there. And he was looking, he's approving on his phone. It's phenomenal. Like like 24 frames per second, HD, you know, the right color space, everything, you know. It was seamless. I just, I, just, I just changed my compression so I knew that his cellular feed would see all the frames. But mm -hmm. he was watching it as he would consume it on the web or on, on the, 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 you know, every... The formats have changed. You're no longer in the TV uh, on the big TV in your in your uh, living room. You're you're yep. watching TV everywhere. It's either on your watch, on your phone, on your iPad, on your laptop, on uh, the you know everywhere. So you're bound to have inconsistencies in the image. So the trust that the client has to be able to say, well, okay, I trust you because you have the calibrated monitor. Yep, I have a I have a 4K calibrated monitor. And my colorist is on there and he can tell you that it's perfect. Great. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to actually look at this on my phone. So let's approve it on my phone. <laughs> and they've been doing this for years. I mean, they've yep. been approving QuickTimes for the past decade. What, what, you know, what's the point of investing into a, into a $50,000 client monitor? Unless you're really doing big shows. Where's mm. the money right now? It's in the small shows. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've found out. It's wild. I'm charging 100 bucks an hour to do legals. Sure, go ahead. It's your nickel. Yeah. How many times do you want to change it? <laughs> that's fine. You know what? That comma did make it better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my it's goodness. Fantastic. <laughs> but, you know, you're there. You're like, a, you're like a barber. I just consider it a bit like a barber, you know, you come in, you, I should have the little thing that spins on the front door of my house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're having fun. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. That's awesome. It's, it's, I'm happy. I'm really, really thankful because, uh, you know, I found my niche. I was really worried last year, just like about everybody else was. But, you know, things are working. I think there's a, there's a place for independent artists. There really is. Because there's a need that we can uh, we can address. I can work in a big studio one day, and the next day I can manage an entire show and an entire budget. But that mm -hmm. takes malleability. It takes you know the ability to transform yourself. And since we're flame artists, we already have that innate ability uh, to transform ourselves in a session. You know, most of us do. Sure. And uh, do you have? We, um, let me ask you this: Do you have? A, do you have a, a producer that you work with? How do you handle? Like I know a lot of flame artists, uh, independent flame artists, who uh, you know can wrap totally wrap their head around everything they need to do with their Wacom pen, but when it comes to um, invoicing and billing and all that kind of stuff, they get overwhelmed or they get lost. Or well, it is tough. I had a I had a uh, January and February was really tough because I had a lot of small jobs that were attacking me while I was doing a huge one. So mm -hmm. it was like, well, I want to service everybody, everybody correctly, but it was just way too much to handle. So what I've done is that I've found independent producers uh, that are used to post-production that they themselves have, you know, ditched the studio model as well. And they just manage one show at a time. 
And uh, oddly enough, the, uh, the IO team that I hire, they're all in the cloud. They're all at home. And they've been pushing this way of working for years. And they said, look, we can work without have, needing a floor space. And they do all the production management. I hire a production manager on my, on my bigger jobs. And uh, he does the, uh, the bidding. He does the, uh, we work together on the, uh, the, the, the VFX uh, uh, evaluation needs and the calendars and all that stuff. And then, you know, I just, when the bidding comes in, we have a price. And then we manage to say how many days we can work on this job and, and mm-hmm. pitch that to the, uh, to the agency or the client. That works out That's great. That's great. Because we're all artists at, at one point in the sense that, you know, We'll go back to the artist debate. What is an artist? It's an artist who changes something into something else. That's how I see it. Is mm-hmm. that you either change, you, you take matter or you take ideas and you take something at one point, you transform it into something else. And uh, uh, it takes all of your know-how to be able to do it. We're more like artisans. I, like, I don't look at producers like pencil pushers. They're part of the mm-hmm. team. The same, same thing with uh, an IO team. I consider them one of the, you know, I used to do a lot of sailing. And uh, I remember one time I had problems with my motor at the back. And, and you know how th- when you go into forward and you go into reverse, the only thing that protects the actual thing is this little metal pin. And if you go, if you go to the front, if you go forward and you jerk into reverse, that pin breaks so that the motor doesn't break. It's just a small little metal, pliable metal pin. And you take it out when you want to you know, remove the... the, the, the th- so I look at an IO team and I look at assistants and junior artists as that little metal pin. Mm-hmm. Because if they do not manage to do what they have to do, if they don't have the right environment to be able to work, the entire pipeline just shuts down. So I look at the IO team as an essential, essential, essential part of the team. Like I can't deliver if the IO team can't deliver. Yeah. If they're burnt out, if they're running like 48 hour days, because they're completely bonkers, because the client's bonkers, then you know that the back end isn't going to be able to, to, to produce correctly. You know that all the stress is going to go down the pipe and into the session and in front of the client. And it's like that team is the core and you cannot disrespect that part of the team. They're essential. Anyway, that's sort of like my, my philosophy. One thing I've heard from artists all across the industry uh, in response to the at-home workflow or the remote workflow is like, they wonder how are younger artists, younger people, juniors coming in, how are they going to get the experience they need? I mean, I don't know about you, but I learned at the very beginning, I learned by watching somebody, mm. not what buttons they push, but like how they reacted to feedback and yeah. different situations. And, and and it wasn't just artists. It was watching producers and watching, you know, there's so much to be, that, that's that's that in-person thing that we're not getting. What do you do? You have any concern about the the next generation? Well, I of, do know that artists? schools. There's there's one school in Quebec that really specializes in television production, and that's uh, Jean Pierre in um, sort of like in the backwoods. There, you have to leave the big centers and you go into uh, Lac Saint Jean region. And uh, there's a technical school that offers a lot of a frame flame education. But I think it's the only one in Quebec. The schools aren't teaching flame anymore. They're teaching, they're teaching nuke. Why? Because they have to churn out a huge workforce. We're subsidizing these guys, so we have to have a workforce to be able to, 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 to you know, get the, the, the studio floors filled. So it's nuke, 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 which is fine. It's, it's, it's an excellent tool. I've used it, and I've seen its strengths. I know where it's powerful. And I'm never going to say that we don't need nuke, but I'm not a nuke artist. I'm a flame artist. Why? Because I've learned online editing. I used to be in a, in a million-dollar suite that all you could do was dissolve. You know, it's like, <laughs> and now I, my girl wants to go into cinema and she's doing these, these, these insane edits on her iPhone. And I'm like, I'm going like, she's doing road movies. She's doing video clips. She's doing like, she has her own YouTube channel. It's like, and my wife's a drama teacher as well. So it's going to be in the family blood. But this comes back to the discussion I had before is that you have a transmission and the COVID, what happens is our kids see what we're doing all day long now. And they didn't used to. Last year, they didn't. This year, they did. They saw us working, and they're like, oh, well, I actually enjoy what he's doing. What are you doing now? Oh, I can see your ad on TV. That's so awesome. It was in the studio yesterday, and now it's it's between my two cartoons. It's like they actually now know the process. It's like when you're farming and you see the animal you're going to be eating tomorrow, you know? It's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> no, but it's true. You, you get closer to what you're doing. You have a connection to what you're doing. It's the same thing. It's just that it's a bit goofy, my example, but, but it's true. It's like you have Bessie who's alive and you're giving her a bunch of grass and the next day you're eating her. You know, it's like that's mm-hmm. completely bonkers, but that's how it was. And mm-hmm. Bessie is part of the family. So you give thanks to Bessie. You eat right. the whole damn cow, you know? Or the goat or whatever, you know? It's like it, 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 we're getting closer to what we do. And that's that's what I find really passionate about, about our work is that whether you like it or not, we're into it. We're bathing in it all day long. We, we, we are able to do this job like 18 hours a day for most of us, our part. We do it because we love it. Why? Why, did, why? why do we love it so much? It's painful. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. It's exhausting. Why do we want to go do it again? We're like bungee jumpers? What is it? We need the money, obviously. Well, yeah. M- most pay, of us Somebody's got to pay for Bessie. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> I have absolutely nothing to complain about the COVID because right now my salary has, it has gone that's way great, up man. since I've been independent. I am super I, thankful. That's great. It's you know it's funny like you just mentioned about you know uh, your your daughter watching you watching your work and seeing and appreciating what you do. My son's in university, and uh, he was actually on campus in the spring, thank goodness. And um, all the theater productions at the school had to be virtual. Hmm. They were everything was pre-recorded and edited, and so he got um, he he took up the job of editing a production of I think it was Macbeth, and you know all the students filmed themselves on Zoom. So I don't know if my son recorded the Zoom feeds or if he was just sent a Zoom recording. He had to edit everything together. It was all done in like Final Cut on his MacBook Pro. And back in like April or whatever, I I, I saw him for the day. I went to go see him. I took him out to dinner and he was like, oh, man. I know exactly what you went through. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Dad, we, we had me. It was me and another editor. We each took on like, you know, an act of the play and – you know, we finished cutting and, and, you know, the deadline was Thursday. And then, you know, we got like 10 pages of notes from the director who was also a student. And, you know, the, the rules on campus is you can't make another student work for more than like eight hours. But me and this other guy ended up <laughs> pulling an this? all-nighter. That's not the real world. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up pulling an all-nighter. And then uh, he was trying to export his final project and he kept crashing halfway through export. Yeah, so <laughs> it's basically like, our lives. It's our lives, yeah, totally. You know, but that's fantastic. Able- that's what school's all about. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. I mean, I mean, you take a look at COVID, and people are saying, "Oh, the tragedy of our children." Hold on a sec. Our grandparents went through way worse. There was the first, the second world war. There was the, the depression, and before that, they didn't even have electricity, and they're not. They yeah, weren't no air they, conditioning. You know, they had fourteen kids, a family. So you know, if they can manage, we can manage. Yeah, we went to the moon with scotch tape for crying out loud, mm-hmm. and back. So, you know, back. six you know, times Apollo 13 should be mandatory school watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, you have what you have and that's it. You got to make it back. And, and, and th- this is this, the lessons that our kids learned this year during COVID. And a lot of us l- look at them and they inspired us. I, my kids inspired me. My, my wife's a drama teacher. Okay. In a private school. Mm-hmm. Try to do drama on Zoom. Like yep. do it, be a drama teacher on Zoom. I mean, it's, it's it's like what you said with your 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 kid. It's it's impossible. What was it? Well, it's now you have to use the medium. You have to transform the medium, which is now a Zoom conversation, and you have to make a play. Yep. How are you going to do that? Well, they managed to do it. It was like reinvent yourself every time, every time. Everything was a um, hundred times more work, a hundred times more effort. My daughter is a musician. She, you know, she was in her high school orchestra. Everything was done separately and all edited together. I know what yeah. that involved. I know what it takes to do a forty-layer composite. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just uh, I, I used to work with a guy who said, um, and this is before, just before the pandemic. He had a, a philosophy on work. He said, "This is there's never been uh, a a more important time to be exceptional, and uh, and never a worse time to be just." mediocre yeah and our kids our kids are going to be polymaths in the sense that Mm -hmm. they're going to learn a whole bunch of different stuff and they're going to put into application a whole bunch of different stuff and they're going to they're going to break out of the box that's the only way you're going to survive i mean look we got uh their life will be much more challenging than ours was and ours was more challenging than our parents was so every generation has a new challenge that they have to overcome and i think the the basic tools that are going to make our kids succeed is the ability to see the world as it is 
and just transform it with what's at hand, you know, like yep. a MacGyver type attitude. And, and that's exactly what COVID taught them this year. Mm-hmm. Is you have to MacGyver the shit out of your life, man. <laughs> and that's a huge lesson. And it's going to be like that for when they want to buy a house, when they're going to have, yep. like, if you take a look at the economy, everybody's got a gig. Everybody's got a side gig. Everybody's got something, yep. you know, and, you know, there are, there's a debate going on. So, well, are we going to have to have to raise the minimum salary to have people work in McDonald's? It's, people are getting paid by chewing shrimp on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, this is the world we're living in. We have to compete with that. I, you know, it's you're 100% right. I, I was, I was just saying, show them, or my wife and I were talking. Uh, I guess over the weekend, um, I had a Logic Live show yesterday, and I put a ton of effort into these, and I absolutely love it. When we hit, like, I think the most views I've ever gotten on it on a Logic Live episode were like 1,100 views, which is mm. considering how small the flame market is, that's a tremendous achievement. I'm very, very mm. proud of it. And yeah, and you're doing you awesome on, work. TikTok and there's like someone who's just eating a sandwich like you know yeah, yeah. Put, and, and all that they do is shove sandwiches into their mouth and they have like <laughs> a million followers <laughs> and I'm like what the <laughs> well you know in the middle ages I come back to the renaissance in the middle ages there were people farting on stage and that was like you know it, that it, was entertainment it's, <laughs> so it's, it's all like, come full circle coming back man, man. <laughs> what are you gonna oh do oh my gosh well there's hope for us all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you have to stay positive. You have to stay flexible, and and you have to say, look, um, it it may be rough. And going independent was a big big fear for me. I was like, mm-hmm. I know this system isn't working for me, but I love this work. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And it's the midlife crisis, you know. It's like, oh shit, I have my house to pay, I have my kids to go put through college. Oh no, 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 what am I gonna do? And some of us are divorcing because of the COVID. We can't stand each other eight hours a day. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's 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 a reckoning. It's a big reckoning and, you know, you just got to hold tight. It works. We have Amen, an brother. exceptional tool at our disposal. So, I mean, there's a way to make this thing shine, it, it, whether it's even just editing. If you're an editor, you're a good editor, you have a really good client base, you know, capitalize on that. I've managed mm-hmm. to integrate more knowledge uh, and get more management uh, um, techniques. So I do a bit more producing. I do a bit more VFX analysis, uh, analysis and supervision, and I manage also. I also also work with a, a CG uh, supplier, so that when I do need uh, CG, I just give them a call and say, "Look, I have a job. They have such a budget. You think we can handle a such and such element?" And what I do is I just manage directly with their CG team. I don't hire I don't hire CG artists myself. I just outsource. Mm-hmm. So what happens is I ask them for an Olympic scene with renders, and that's it. I manage it from there. And if the, if the if the scene needs a little bit retouching or repositioning or whatever, I use the Alembic and the flame and retweak and make it work and and add a little bit of render passes and you know it's like as if I was in a in a in a big studio, but I'm just managing in like a like a contractor manages a house project, you know. Yeah. And That's I like wonderful. that approach. I like that approach where I have one client and I just deal with one client at a time. And I don't take several jobs anymore. That that just drove me nuts. It was tough because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to satisfy all of my clients. And I had that fear of, oh, I'm not going to have any clients next month. So I got to make them all come in. But, it, you know, at one point you have, uh, there's, there's a flow. There's a flow. Mm-hmm. It's like sailing, you know. At one point you may have too much wind. At one point you may not have enough wind. You just have to go with the flow and, uh, mm-hmm. and see where it takes you and just manage what you can. Which I think in this time is probably the best way to handle it. Manage what you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Voltaire said that. Is that just cultivate your own garden and take it from there. Be an example to your neighbor and 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 manage what you can. You can't manage everything. It's impossible. There's mm-hmm. too much chaos. <laughs> That's where we come in. Well, <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wrapping it up. <laughs> This was wonderful, man. I'm so glad we finally connected. Yeah, it was tough to connect because uh, we, our schedules were so busy, but I'm really happy to have this discussion. It was kind of fun. And thanks so much to the Flame team, and thanks a lot to you to having for having a forum where we can all collaborate. I mean, this it's such an amazing resource because a lot of us are, are so busy, 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 busy that we, we don't take the time to actually connect. And I found a lot of interesting people on the on the forum and connected with them individually, and 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 some of them have in, important insights, and and we're all a bunch of weirdos with our own little way of <laughs> doing things, and that's awesome. 
That's awesome. I really find it nourishing. Oh, great. So fantastic work, guys. Well, thanks, man. All right, brother. Great. Everyone knows that Boris FX makes the best plugins in the business. Mocha, Sapphire, Silhouette Paint, Continuum, and the new Optics. You can save 15% on all of Boris FX plugins, either standalone or subscription, by using the code LOGIC-15 at checkout. That's capital L, lowercase o-g-i-k, dash one five at checkout. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by Cinesis.io. To find out more about their remote workflow solutions, check them out at Cinesis.io. See you next time.